The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the hosts and its guests and are not associated with those of the United States Postal Service. Enjoy. I do anything for my paper, for my paper. I'm a writer like Isaiah. This is the On The Job Training Podcast. This is episode six, and my guest today is Mr. Kevin Smith, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, bro? How you doing, man? I'm good, bro. And you look fucking beautiful as usual, man. <laughs> you know, appreciate it, man. Um, this man right here uh, recently won in the heavyweight division, right? Yeah, 203 plus. Yeah. 203 pounds plus and up. It could be up to anything, yeah, any, any weight. There was, there was guys in there from like 220 all the way up to like 285. Yeah, uh, well... Kevin Smith won the two, 2022 Golden Gloves Boxing Championship for that heavyweight division, and it was his first time ever competing. Yeah, first was time. Oh, wow. So, man, congratulations to him. We're going to get uh, off into that, um, but I, I want to give out the, the number to the show uh, right now in case anybody wants to call in. It's a... Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let, let me see. The call in line is 832-781-4903. I should know that by heart already, but I'm, I'm, my memory is terrible. Um, I tend to study people, right? All right. <laughs> and I liken myself to be a pretty good judge of character, right? So um, when I met you and I was around you for a little bit, uh, I immediately understood that you were, me and you were a lot alike. Right. And the fact that you tend to kind of analyze everyone else around you as well. Oh, yeah. Not that you feel like you're above. You're just taking everything in. Oh, you yeah. Know? And you're not scared to kind of, you know, get into conversation, but your conversations are real. Right. Um, so I, I, I admire that about you. Um, and to put you in a box is to truly limit who you are as an individual because um, there's so many layers to you. Right. Um, but, you know, we'll jump into the, the boxing thing, uh, your most recent endeavor, which was you winning the, the tournament. Talk to me about how you got into the sport of boxing and how it's changed your life. Man, um, how it's changed my life. It, just, it changed tremendously because it's just crazy. The day I walked in was January 1st, 2020, because I saw a post online. One of my friends from uh, high school posted a free workout at a boxing gym. And I was just like, okay, I hit her up. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go. I went up there. And she ain't even show up. You know what I'm saying? So I was in there by myself, me one-on-one with a trainer. So yeah. that's how it started, man. And ever since then, I never looked back. You know, I just kept going, kept changing my diet, man. And, you know, two years ago, when I walked into that gym, I was 325 pounds. Yeah. And now I'm sitting here two years later, 60 pounds, 65 pounds lighter. And now I'm winning Golden Gloves. So... <laughs> so, so trust me, man. It changed my life tremendously, man. It got me more disciplined. I changed my diet, man. I got more healthy, you know. And it gave me an outlet to cope with stress too, because you know I was a stressed young man at that time. So yeah, talk talk to me about your 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 coach. Your, your trainer's name is Rosie. Rosie, uh, female talk, coach. Talk, she's uh, a female coach, and you would tell me about her. Uh, she's ex-military, right? No, she's uh she's not ex-military. She works for uh you know government agencies. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she's a black belt. You know, when I tell you this woman is real, hey, a lot of a lot of people say, oh, you work with got a female coach, man. That's 
hey, I tell you, this woman ain't don't play with anybody. You know, she gets in the ring with men. She gets in the ring. She kicks. She does everything. So, yeah. and she pushes you to the limit. You know, she's not gonna take it easy on you. She's in your face. Mm-hmm. She supports you. She gives you that. You know, saying supportive vibe. But she's also gonna get on you if you you slacking off. Yeah. So. Definitely, man. Uh, anybody holding the mitts for you has got to be a tough lady. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Um, I, I met her at uh, at your tournament, and she was above and beyond anything that you you even said. She was she she was more than that. You could tell that she was um, not only a friend, a mother figure to those other fighters that yeah, are in the gym. It's a lot of teenagers. Uh, in there. It, it takes a lot for you to not only. Um, Teach young kids because they're mostly kids who come in. Right. The discipline of boxing, um, but to also, uh, along with that, comes a lot of lessons in life. Right. Yeah. So um, that, that's a, that's a beautiful thing, man. I always admire boxing coaches and any coaches for anything because there's there's more than just showing up in X's and O's, man. You, you know, a lot of these kids kind of they, they they come in in different situations in their life when they when they're somebody like her is most needed right you know she explained that to me you know when i first walked in because that's what actually got me staying in the gym you know because when those kids started coming in and i never pictured myself competing in a tournament this was just something that i was just doing to stay in shape and do anything so when i stepped in the gym and i saw these bright-eyed kids coming in and i was able to work with them encourage them and everything that just kept me going you know so and it also pushed me as well yeah so talk to me about that because um I saw at the tournament, right? Uh, normally, when you go to a boxing tournament, there's your 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 club comes with you right. as as support. And I mean, when it's you, anybody in your gym, if that if it's their time to fight, every everything gets amped up. Everybody stands up. Everybody's cheering you on. Um, but also, I, I I saw that right with mm-hmm. all the other fighters and and your family that came to the gym. Right. But. Um, not only were they supporting you, um, they seemed to have a love and respect for you right. that was beyond, you know, it, y'all are family. Right. And That's they also looked up to you. Um, it's a testament to, to you being a, a positive presence in that gym, I'm, I'm sure, and an influence on, on those kids as well. Uh, how'd you establish that relationship with them? And is it a lot of pressure on you? to kind of make sure you uphold that standard, you know, as as you not only uh, navigate your own boxing career, but help them along. Absolutely. And that's part of the reason why I did Golden Gloves, to inspire them, you know, because yeah. a lot of those kids get in there, they're worried about getting hit, they're, you know, they got a coach. And once they see their coach go out and be successful, man, it inspires them to do more. Like, this is, I didn't even take this home. This this stays at the gym, so I want the kids to see this every day so they can get inspired to know that they could be a champion themselves. Yeah. So, man, um, you know, just being there and just trying to, you know what I'm saying, relate to them and be a relatable coach and be a relatable person with them, you know, telling them that I've been their age once and I know what they're going through and trust me, you could achieve anything that you want to do. You know, it's it's okay to be scared, it's okay to be nervous, but, yeah. man, you got to take that leap and you got to push yourself further than you think you can go and you're going to do great. You're going to do just fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you win, that's great and all. If you lose, then take it as a lesson learned and find a way to make yourself better. Yeah. You know, and that's the lessons that I teach and I think that's the reason why the respect has grown for me within those kids because I tell them, they were like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, or, I don't know if I can do this. And I'm like, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Just go for it. You know, you're going to be able to do it. You know what I'm saying? You got the talent. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's beautiful, man. Um, you got started in the sport 
fairly late in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for um, for boxing, I don't know if you, most most of people know most boxers, professional or whatever, they start when they're young kids, mm -hmm. around seven, eight, nine. They get into the sport, and uh, just talk to me about if. There are other people who are older um, and looking to get involved in the sport. Uh, what, what advice would you give them? It's never too late. Yeah. You know, man, you could just, if it's something that you always want to do, man, don't let anything hold you back just because of your age. Because, yeah. look, I'm living testament that you, even though at 33 years old I walked into a gym, you know, that's people think that's past your prime. Yeah. But, man, I stepped in there. I pushed hard. I pushed my body further than I thought I could go. Yeah. And, you know, you just get better every single day. And, man, once you set a goal for yourself, yeah. You could achieve it, man. Nothing's stopping you. Yeah, because it's a, it's a weird feeling when you're older. I, I began my boxing journey when I was older as well. Uh, my dad was a boxer. He was a professional boxer. I, I boxed when I was small and then picked it up again, like, really late in life. I fell in love with the sport, and, you know, I just love it. So I'm like, you know what, man? I, I, I want to do it. You know, I want to fight at least once. And it turned into a bunch of fights, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it is a weird kind of vibe when you're older in there with those young kids because you do feel like, especially when you show up at a tournament. Right. And you might be fighting, you're 35 years old, you might be fighting a 19-year-old, 22-year-old. It feels weird, you know? Right. The guy yeah. I was fighting in the finals, I think he was like 25. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and that, that, that's a beautiful thing you're doing, man. Um, I noticed something uh, that was touching. And if you don't want to talk about it, uh, you let me know. Um, uh, I saw you as soon as the fight was over, you had a medallion that you put. I think you have it on yeah. there. Um, and it, it looked like it was of importance to you. Tell me about the significance of that. Well, this is actually uh, my mother. Uh, my mother actually uh, had uh, liver problems, um, and she passed away in September 2019. You know, and um, I love my mother to death. My mom, I was always a mama's boy, so... You know, it was very tough to see her in the hospital, you know, mm -hmm. suffering like she was. And, you know, it was very hard to lose her because my mom was only 64 years old. She wasn't she wasn't old at all. And, mm -hmm. man, it just, you know, this is the reason why I got this. You know, I wear, wear it all day, every day. You know, I look to her for strength. And, you know, man, this is, even though she's not here, I know she's supporting me. So yeah. this is, this is, this is important to me, man. This is just everything to me right here. So wow. I always yeah. keep it on my chest. Um... I I want to stay stay on that because I, I really wanted to do a show. Um, so in 2019, you were employed at the post office, right? Right. Um, I I do this show because there's certain things about people and coworkers that we are unabreast of, right? Mm -hmm. And you went through that situation, and I think, if I recall, um, we spoke briefly, you know, about mm -hmm. it, and you were pretty upset pretty right. distraught understandably and um I, I i wanted to do a show specifically about dealing with loss and and grief while you you know while you having to go to work every day uh how did you get through that 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 period of time man man it was hard uh i don't know i took some time off but it was just hard to be at home just thinking about it, you know, because even when the day that it happened, you know, everybody was calling me and I just had to keep saying it. Mm -hmm. And that was what was messing my mind up. So I, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to go back to work to kind of just occupy my mind doing other things. And it was it was hard. I just surrounded myself with 
you know, my friends and family, people that supported me yeah. the entire time, you know, and yeah. I just, you know, I just focused on that. I focused on the positives. I didn't want to just dwell on the tragedy of losing my mother. I wanted to think about all the good times I had with her, yeah. you know, and know that she's still going to be with me, you know, for the rest of my life, you know, because, yeah. you know, memories, they live forever. And, you know, and once you had those good memories, you have good times with people, man, you just, you just focus on those things. And yeah. that's what I yeah. did. I love you, man. Love you too, man. Um, okay. Uh, you um, you've always been an athlete. Yes. Uh, you played. Uh, I went to Sam. You went to Sam. I ain't even gonna talk about mine because I didn't even <laughs> make a game. I had to come home. But you actually played football uh, in Huntsville. Absolutely. Um, and you were a star athlete in high school as well. Yes. Where'd you go to high school? Klein Forest. Klein Forest High School. Okay, Klein Forest. Um, talk to me about your collegiate career and your your, your whole football experience. Uh, college football. Uh, it was definitely hard. Uh, to start out because you know you go from being in high school where you're the best player on your team junior sophomore junior senior year and then you get up there and then you got all these better athletes man and it was like it was such hard competing for a job and I got redshirted my freshman year but mm -hmm. it was you know redshirt freshman year it was very hard to get on the field because I had all these seniors guys have been there so long so yeah. it was a little bit of a humbling experience but I also used that to get in the weight room I stayed in the weight room all summer got bigger got bigger got faster got stronger and then sophomore year redshirt sophomore year I was starting and mm -hmm. man I just, you know, I love the sport of football. It's been my favorite sport. So, man, I cherish all those games. I loved all those games. I love the travel. I mean, I had never been on an airplane until I got to Sam Houston when we had to travel out yeah. of town. So, yeah. man, that was an experience in itself. Uh, you know, playing playing big teams like Texas, you know, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, man. It was just being in uh, – In that moment, did you realize that these probably are going to be some of the best times in my life and I kind of – Absolutely, absolutely, man. Yeah, you know, these yeah. just you know, just being able to, you know, because football was always an outlet for me. Because you know, you've been around me. I'm I'm a very mild mannered guy, mm -hmm. but if you catch me on the football field, yeah, I mean, man, I, could, I I saw that in the you, ring. You I saw, saw that come out in the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, yeah. I could be the completely different person. You know, once that once that switch goes off and I'm in a you know athletic mode, man, shh, I'm yeah. a, I'm an animal. Yeah, and that's what they call I'm, it beast mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Talk to me about life after football, uh, after college, and, and what that was like for you. Um, it was a little bit of a scramble because, you know, once you, once you leave school, you leave with your degree, you know, you've been doing this for so long where you're just going to school and you just have, like, such a certain extracurricular activities. Now you got to get in the workforce. you got to wake up every day. It was a little bit of a change. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of scrambled around to see what I was going to do, work so many different jobs. But other than that, and I kind of lost – you know, first out of college, I kind of lost, you know, my, what's the word, like routine where I just didn't, you know, work out as much. So yeah. it was a little bit of a transition. But, you know, once I actually got comfortable, I found things. I mean, I was in a relationship at the time. And, uh, yeah, I just. Was this with somebody you met during in school? Yeah, absolutely. I met him my senior year in school. Yeah. Okay. And we ended up actually getting married. So, yeah. Okay. Um, well, talk to me. You, you were married uh, for a time. Uh, how did that experience affect your life um your views on relationships and just women and dating in general uh <laughs> oh talk about my marriage man uh 
Talk to us. Yeah. Be be real, man. We we out here learning. <laughs> we, we we out here we out here learning. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> it had good times, but that definitely had some bad times. And uh, it got it got to a point that we just weren't talking, man. We were literally literally living in the house together. We were just walking past each other. Man. How old are you at this time? I I would turn thirty five in two weeks. Mm. No, I'm sorry. During this period in your oh, marriage? Oh, during, during that period of time. Yeah. Uh, I got married in 2013. I was 26. Uh, I officially got divorced in uh, 2019. So, yeah, I was 30. I mean, 31. Okay, so it went about five years. Yeah, we got married for five years to us together for 10. Okay. Um, if you had to go back, what are some of the things that you probably would do differently? Um, communication is key. That's the big thing, because, I mean, if you're in a relationship, you got to be able to work out problems. Y'all got to be able to talk. Y'all got to be able to work things out and just, you know what I'm saying, come to some type of common ground, because y'all are not going to agree on everything. You know, relationships are going to have the ups and downs. Y'all are going to get mad. Y'all are going to be happy with each other and everything. And I think the lack of communication is where my that relationship failed, because we didn't find each other. We weren't trying to, you know, seek a seek an answer to our problems. We just kind of just let things marinate and let things sit there. Was it and, because you were young? Yeah, I think that has something to do. And she was actually younger than I was. You know, we were both just being very stubborn. You have to humble yourself in a relationship as well because sure. you have to find a compromise. You can't just be like, oh, I'm right, you're wrong. You can't do that. You have to talk to each other, you know, understand each other and work things out. Man, that's so difficult, man, when you're young like that. You know, uh, I'm sure that from your football days, they're so close. They, that ego wasn't probably removed yeah. uh, at that point, man. But uh, a lot of these lessons you take into your life now mm -hmm. from that. Absolutely. You take some of that. Um, it seems that um, a certain point uh, in your life, you made a concerted effort to kind of change your life uh, as far as your health. Right. Uh, and your physical health, but not only that, also your mental health. Absolutely. Um, explain like what, what, where, where the transition kind of took place. Uh, transition definitely took place. I want to say around 2019 when all the, you know, paperwork and everything was getting filed. Because I actually started seeing a counselor, and it actually saved me, man. When I was, when I tell you, I had hit a rock bottom, man. I was. I was working a job I hated, you know, I was didn't have any peace in my household, man. It was like chaos everywhere I went. So, man, I had to seek out help to get myself mentally back together cuz I mean, I had times where I was thinking about who who would miss me if I wasn't here, you know? Yeah. And man, that's that's a dark place to be in, you know. It's not I I would definitely say, man, if you're feeling that type of way, if you just feel that you just need to talk to somebody, man, I was definitely Suggest to people, go talk to somebody, whether it be friends, whether it be a professional, whether it be anybody, man. Just get your feelings out because do not hold that stuff in, man, because that stuff is going to eat you alive. Yeah. And I let that do that talk to me to for me, so uh, many years. Yeah, I let it do so many years, man. Like I was just, you know, some days I was in tears. Some days I was just feeling down. Some days I was just like, man, I just need to go. Like I, man. Talk, I, to, I, talk to me about how... Wh can you recognize now where it started to become an issue for you? Big Kev. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, go ahead. Well, I think we got a couple comments on the video. What's going on? I'm out there. Nah, people comment on y'all video. 
Yeah, uh, read read some of them for us. Uh, Cambrell Watts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cam. <laughs> Cam. Yeah. Shout out Cam. Yeah. How you doing, girl? Call in. You need to call in. Chocolate bite. Huh? <laughs> Chocolate bite. Chocolate yeah. bite. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate appreciate the comment, Cam. Um, shit, call in, y'all. You guys call in, man. This is a good interview. This is a good man. Um, so back to um, when you were kind of going through some mental struggles. Um, can you look hindsight being twenty twenty? Can you look back and recognize when? Or what could have, first of all, what contributed to that? All the things that were, was it a domino effect of multiple uh, things kind of piling up on you? Because right. sometimes in your life you can get overwhelmed and were you feeling uh, anxiety about too many things? Or, or were there were there separate events and it was a slow process? I think, you know, I was... Um because at the time, I worked for Child Protective Services, and a lot of people... Oh, a lot but, of that you yeah, saw. Oh, I saw so that's... much bad stuff every single day. I dealt with people that were, you know, I, I don't know how to even describe. There were so many kids that were troubled. There were so many parents that were troubled. And then, you know, I would just... It would bring me down to hear their stories, because their stories were a lot worse than mine. And then, you know, for me to be down and then having my own problems... I had the chance to go home, and I thought I would be able to have somebody to vent to at home, but I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So everything was just staying inside, man. And it just, oh, wow. you know, man, when I tell you, it was it was building up. Like I said, like you said, a domino effect. I just didn't have anything. And at that time, like, CPS demanded so much of my time. I think that's where the weight gain started. Mm -hmm. I started gaining so much weight. When I tell you, I put on, like, 30 pounds in it's one a, year. a completely different transition from you being a college athlete to – yeah, being in corporate yeah. America, yeah, yeah, it's definitely so. It's like, man, I wasn't able to work out. You know, that was that was my outlet to get all my stress out, and I couldn't even do that. So it was yeah. like, man, the weight gain happened. I had nobody to talk to. I was going every day listening to, you know, a lot of people's problems. I had my own problems, and it kind of puts a lot of things, you know, it just weighs down on you. It's just everything was weighing down on my shoulders, mm -hmm. and I just didn't know what to do. So. Yeah. Yeah, man, I had to. I had to seek out somebody. I had to go talk to somebody. Talk to me about some of your your, your CPS work. Is that something you just fell in, or were you, are you an advocate? You obviously you uh, you deal with kind of making sure children uh, are. I guess you know you you're you're good influence. You right. know because uh, you got to get to the kids early, man. Because me, I didn't have that. You know, I didn't okay. have a person at that age, reaching out to me and talking to me, you know, letting me know that, you know, supporting me things. I kind of had to do things on my own, you know. Yeah. So to be there for those kids, especially those kids in high school, you know, letting them know, just giving them lessons that I've learned at that age, you know, so they could take that with them going into college, you yeah. know. Man, I couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine uh, doing good, probably seeing a lot of the stuff that you saw. It would weigh, it would weigh on me heavy, man, especially oh, yeah. in, in regards to kids. Oh, yeah, injuries, uh, environments as far as dirty houses, all types of things, man. You, you man. You had to kind of get away from that for your own? Absolutely, man. I had to. I left that job in uh, 2018. Is that commonplace in, in that line of work? Is there a high turnover because oh, yeah. of that? Definitely a revolving door. It just door. weighs too heavy on. Yeah, a lot of people because when I tell you it's um, – 
you have to go to work, you're up there at 8 o'clock, then you have, um, you know, certain situations that get real bad, and you actually have to go to court, remove kids, so you're up till 1 o'clock in the morning placing kids, and you have to write affidavits, then you got to be up in court at 8 o'clock the next day mm -hmm. and then you know you're in court all day till three o'clock then you got to go see the kids again make sure they're adjusting to their environment mm -hmm. so you're up again till midnight you're just getting back home and then you know 7 a.m yo your phone's banging mm -hmm. you got three brand new cases to work you know that very next day so it's like you're going off of five six hours of sleep yeah and you got to get back up and go deal with some other stuff so it's yeah man well so i didn't mean to <laughs> for this to turn into a cps <laughs> thing but I, uh, there's a lot of people who have certain opinions on whether CPS is necessarily good or CPS is bad. Can you, is, it, is the system flawed in that regard? Is there reform that needs to be made? Because it sounds like those conditions that the employees are having to kind of endure and encounter are a little... Yeah, I mean, it can it's desensitize a lot. you because I, it, you, you're not really locked in right you're just from case to case to case and you're not really like honing in on some small things you might right, miss is right. it? I, I definitely agree with that they definitely need more staff they need to actually distribute the work a lot more because that's a lot to take on because i mean there was a time where everybody i knew in my unit had 40 plus cases working with 40 plus families at one time and that's crazy to yeah. deal with and you know when they when they opened up the you know the uh the area, because we started going citywide. We were actually in a zone when I first started where we only worked basically the uh, northwest side of Houston, which is like Cypress, Katy, kind of up in that yeah. area. And, you know, so everybody was able to, you know, get to that place, be able to see multiple families. But when they opened it citywide, you could have, you could be in cases in Pasadena, yeah. then get a case in the southwest side, then all of a sudden you got to drive all the way up to Tomball. So it's spreading y'all even thinner. Yeah, all up. And, you know, because, wow. you know, you got, technically you're supposed to work eight hours a day, but... Um, when you're working with CPS, you're spending four hours of that in your car, especially in Houston with yeah. so much traffic, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, you got kind of like a uh, a grown man vibe to you, <laughs> man. Uh, just me knowing you, man, the, the, the music you listen to at work, uh, your, your style of dress. I, when, in my head, I call you Big Smooth, man. Um <laughs> What are some of your your, your music and, and fashion influences, man? Ah, uh, man, I'm R and B all day, man. I like to chill, like to relax, man. I honestly, I'm a lover at heart, man. You know, I have yeah. fun. I I fight, do all that stuff, man. But yeah, them love songs, some old schools, so still stuck in the '99, 2000 R and B. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely do that. But man, as far as like style, man, I. You know, I I look around. You know, I'm definitely a t-shirt guy, jeans. You know, nah, I looked on your Instagram, man. <laughs> you got you, you you was fly on there, man. Yeah. I ain't seen no t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. You, had the, you had the pimp shoes yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's some special events, man. I could turn it up when I you know get on some special events. You know, that was definitely. I think I know which one you talk about the Christmas party with the blazing. Yeah, you yeah, was yeah, out yeah. there killing it, yeah. man. I said, look at Big Smooth, man. Yeah. That was actually the first time I wore a bow tie too. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It kind of changes thing when you when you put something on and you like man i'm starting to like this because I, I was that you know we from the like you say 99 2000 yeah. we used to baggy jeans yeah. but when you put on a nice fit and you actually look good you'd be like yeah. all right I, I think i get it now oh yeah man yeah. you gotta gotta be able to clean it up man i got some suits in the closet man they ain't yeah some of them ain't made an appearance yet but they will in due time so yeah yeah well hey man we we covered a bunch 
uh, I don't know if you want to go longer, man, but I think um, that you, I, I really wanted you to get out that point, man, about, um, oh, let's go back. I, I apologize because I do want to make it a point to um, kind of touch back on the, the, the warning signs of you kind of being overwhelmed with the mental health mm -hmm. is issue. Um, and what are some things that others can do for somebody who may be going through something, right? Mm -hmm. um, what can those people around you, what could have been beneficial to you during that time? Um, I don't know. I just, I think you got to get out of your own head because during that time, you know, especially, you know, being a man, you know, they, they, they tell you that you're supposed to be able to bear anything, mm -hmm. you know? So they tell you, be like, oh, you a man, suck it up. You got it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, man, that stuff gets overwhelming. And sometimes even as a man, you need somebody to talk to. You know, because they always teach men to be strong, but sometimes it's okay to be vulnerable at times. Yeah, I, I saw you promote a lot of positivity amongst men. You say, I, I'll never tear another black man down. Absolutely not, man. Yeah. Absolutely, man, because it's tough out here for being a, being a man in general, and then definitely being a black man, it's really tough, man. So definitely, I, I sympathize with everybody. You know, it's it gets hard, man. Life is hard, especially now, man. There's so much in the world going on. Mm -hmm. Stepping outside the door, man, there's so many stresses that we got to deal with. You know, cost of living's going up, cost of food's going up, man. It's so much things going on that's going to affect us, and man, it, and it gets hard. It's yeah. it's overwhelming, man. So, man, tell me where your heart comes from, man, because this has been a, a treat for me, man. Because, like you said, you're a quiet guy. You're mm -hmm. pretty introverted. I know you. You have an opinion. You're right, an right, intelligent right. man. You have an opinion, but you don't go sharing it with everybody. No. So this has been a pleasure for me. Um, talk to me about where your heart comes from, man. Man, my heart comes from my mom. My mom has always been, you know, she's always had a big heart. She would always give her last to anybody, you know. And I learned that growing up, and, you know, I took that that influence from her because I always. Sounds like you continuing her legacy. Absolutely. Man. You yeah. know, my mom. You know, she took care of a lot of people. She helped a lot of people out. She was always, you know, trying to be positive. And if she could spread her positivity to anybody else, whether it be, you know, taking them out to eat, you know, or doing something nice for them. She sees something out in the store, she'll buy it, you know, just to, you know, make people happy, you know. And yeah. that's definitely something that, you know, lifting people up, you know, because you never know what type of day somebody's having. Yeah. You know, somebody could be on the brink of something and then, you know, you just – See something at the store or something they always was interested in, and you just bring it to them. Something that costs five dollars, man, could just brighten up their entire day. Yeah, and that people talk talk crazy to me uh, <laughs> about me because I am I'm the opposite. I'm pretty extroverted, right? I right. come in, I talk to everybody, mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's weird too because I am an introvert. I I, I I can be alone. I think that me being outwardly um, you know, outwardly, uh, just interacting with people is maybe a de defense mechanism because right. I want, that's what I want to put out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I make sure that, you know, I tell everybody in the world, I, of course, my fiance is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, but I tell everybody, Hey man, you look nice today. Because like you said, those small things, like you, being thoughtful and buying somebody something that you, I remember that they wanted this. Right. Little things like that make a huge difference, man, right. to somebody who may be going through something. 
It's those small things, Absolutely. man, that can change and totally turn something around that you had no idea. Right. You know, it's a small gesture. And it's so it, small to you. It goes like, oh, a long way. Yeah, it's not a, you be like, oh, it's not a big deal. It was only $10. But you never know, man. That could bring a tear to somebody's eye. Just change their whole day, change yeah. their life, you know? And I, I never, I'll never understand why I'm, everybody doesn't do something like that. Mm. It, it's really difficult for me to to see somebody who's, like, really selfish or uh, I just don't understand it, you know? Um there was a beautiful soul at, at that, that boxing event, now that I think about it. And it was your sister, right? Right. Uh, talk to me about you guys' relationship uh, growing up. Not only that, but how it's changed since uh, your mother passed. Uh, me and my sister, we're uh, six years apart. So, you know, she was... She's older than you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm the youngest. Uh, and she, you know, so she was in high school. I was in elementary. So we, you know, growing up, we were in the house together, but, you know, we really couldn't just relate. I mean, we had, you know, brother and sister always have their issues. You know, that's just how it is. But yeah. ever since, you know, when my mom went into the hospital, you know, my me and my sister definitely, you know, we grew closer. We definitely spent a lot more time together because we know that life is... You know, because we didn't even know nothing was wrong with my mom, yeah. you know, before she went into the hospital. And, you know, we know that, you know, life is not promised. You know what I'm saying? You could be gone tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You never know. You just walk in the streets and something bad could happen. So since then, you know, me and my sister have definitely um, picked up a lot of our communication. We have seen each other a lot more. As you see, she came to my, you know, boxing yeah, event. She yeah. was... She was very nervous because I was telling her about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this." And she was like, "You boxing? You know, you gonna you gonna get hit? You gonna get hit in the face?" And yeah. you know, she told me during the fight she was cringing up every time I got hit, and uh, she, you know, but just the love and support she's been showing me. That that great. that's exactly what I saw, man. There was a there was a level, there was a different level of love that you you saw from her compared to everyone else, but it was also. A little bit of respect and admiration, because this was something that she had never seen before. Yeah, she she wore she wore my medallion uh, yeah. during the fight. You know, she was she was very proud of you, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, as we as we all were. Um, yeah, man, uh, this has been a pleasure, man. Like I said, uh, I, I I was really looking forward to getting getting to know you a little bit better, man. I'm glad everyone else got a chance to know you and understand who you are. Um, where, where, where are you going to go next uh, as far as your boxing career goes? Uh, well, Rosie wants me to. She says the next fight is going to be in May. I don't know exactly where or when, but, she, you know, she definitely wants to wait till after my birthday because birthday, I'm just 35. That's a big year, man. I'm going to have yeah. some fun. Yeah. Uh, then after that, I'm going to train hard for 30 days and then end up wherever she wants me to end up in. Okay. Go up in there and try to get a win wherever it's at. I don't know. She she says something about she wants me to fight in Vegas, so we're going to see how that's going to go. Ooh. <laughs> you know I'm there, hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm there. So, yeah. Hey, I mean, man, if I see you on somebody undercar, I'm going to lose my mind, man. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Yeah. She, she so talks you, are you, is your plan to take this as far as it'll go? Uh, or are you kind of being conservative in what you want to do and uh, you have a, a finish line? Honestly, I'm being conservative, uh, but I'm just having fun, man. Uh, I'm going to take it as it comes. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to push myself and, you know, hopefully keep racking these wins up and just see where it takes me. I mean, that's basically what I'm going to do. I like I said, I never picture myself competing, you know. Yeah. But, but, I'm, but, I'm but, but who told you? <laughs> when you told me, hey, man, I, I've been working out, man. I, I'm in this boxer, Joe. And I looked you in the eye, 
I said, you you gonna fight? Said, nah, man, I'm just training, man. I'm just trying to lose weight. Yeah. Who told you, man? <laughs> yeah, you told me that. You definitely <laughs> did tell me that. You was like, man, Kevin, you ready, man? You, you gonna the, fight, I, man? I remember I used to bring my videos and show you to them on yeah. show you my videos and me working out, and you was like, man, you ready, bro? You gonna get in there? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And with Golden Gloves, Rosie was telling me about this for a minute, and I. Literally was putting it off, putting it off, because I was like, man, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to chill. You know, this is not something I could picture myself doing. So the I remember I registered the very last day. Like, we had to have all our registration yeah. stuff in so, by, so what, by what, midnight, and I got it in at 11.30 p.m. What changed your mind? Uh, Yo, you said for the you, you were doing it for the, the other... Other people in the gym. Exactly. You know, yeah. for the kids, because they was, you know, they was like, you know, coming up to me like, Kevin, you going to fight? Coach, you going to fight? And I was like, I don't know. We're going to see. Yeah. And I kept telling them. Then I started saying, yeah. And then I remember walking in that day, and Rosie was like, you know, you got to have it done by the night. You know, let me know. And So I was she like, was still on the fence. She didn't know whether you were going to do it or not. Right. When I tell you, I turned my papers in at 1130, registered. It had to be in by midnight. I got it in by 1130. Yeah. And she was like, once I turned it in, I called her. She was just like, all right, it ain't no turning back now. Man, you, got, you got a flair for the dramatic. <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> she said, it ain't no turning back now. You ready? You here then. Man, I people won. don't understand the high level of anxiety. Like. Not only that, you signing up and registering and understanding what all this entails, right. you know, because just like you, it's one thing to go, right? We mm -hmm. go and we watch you fight. Mm -hmm. People don't really get what it took for you the two years prior, every day, mm -hmm. the training, the running, killing your body. Mm -hmm. it's, it was times I was in the gym. I, I would go at nine. I had the keys to the gym. I wouldn't leave there till two in the morning. Right. Like exhausted, you know. But yeah. you understand, especially once you sign that, register that paperwork. Somebody else is out here. They working while I'm at. Plus, if you have a job, you right. got We got to go to work and all that. And that, in between. Yeah, and that's what took a lot out of me at Golden Gloves because it was like you know it was a three night. Oh event. yeah, that's what was crazy. This man was coming to work every day. I was at work every like, day on my bro, feet. You fighting in two hours? What are you? Doing? And he was cool as can be. Like, oh man, I'm about to, I'm about to go get me a subway sandwich. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, I, what are you doing? I'll be freaking out. Yeah, I was on my feet all day, man, out in the sun. Yeah, and truck man, just and this worked. was a week that the mail was heavy, right? And I would get off at like two, three o'clock. I had to go make weigh-ins by four, yeah, you know, before four, get weighed in, make to do all this stuff, register. Then I had to go find something to eat, go to the gym, get stretched out, come back, meet the doctor at six, and then yeah, next thing you know, I'm getting warmed up to get in the ring. So yeah. it was like, man, I did that for three straight nights, and <laughs> <laughs> man, I you was, so after the win, did you? Have you fallen in love with the sport? Oh man, I've always been into contact sports. You know, yeah. uh, boxing was. You're something. a big fan of UFC as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, because I started out in high school. I also was a, uh, and I did football, but I also did wrestling during off season football. Oh, you were a wrestler? Mm -hmm. I was a wrestler. Um, I actually did that. I wrestled nationally a couple years too. What? Uh, yeah. Bro, the, the, <laughs> what, what have? How many lives have you have you led, man? <laughs> yeah, a lot, I guess. So um, you were a wrestler as well. I was a wrestler in high school for how action. many years? Uh, I did it from sophomore year all the way up to uh, senior year in high school. Senior year, I actually was ranked number one at one point. In high school, what the fuck and is um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think my final, my final, I you finished, were ranked number one in high school. Yeah, 
at one at for two weeks. Uh, so I'm assuming you were heavyweight. Yes. Y'all, you guys didn't have to cut any weight. Two seventy five was the weight class. Uh, so Did you as have long to as cut? you were two, no, no, no. Oh, I was okay. in high school. I was about two sixty. I was I was good. Uh, so I was eating what I want. Never had to worry about making weight. Um, okay, because that's a huge aspect of that style of wrestling. You, the, the guys cutting weight and and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, with me finding out new information. Uh, would you ever do any kind of mixed martial arts? Uh, it's on the table, man. I'm just not big on kicking. That's all it is. I mean, I'm good with the knees and the elbows. I got to but stand the, up and but, walk around. Uh, the, the my kick boy, it. my boy, wow, <laughs> man. Hey, um, but yeah, it's, you know, in high school, I, uh, was actually ranked number one. I was 44 and two, um, but I was, uh, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was. Man, how you ain't going to divulge this information, man? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I think around that time, because when we got to regionals, it was January, February, and and then I was doing all of my recruiting visits yeah. for college. I was getting scouted. I was going to all these recruiting visits. I was missing missing practices. So when I got to regionals and state, I really just was so tired. I didn't really do good. So I think I finished sixth in state that year, my senior year. Yeah. But, you know, it was all right. Uh, I felt like I should have done better. They had me pick to finish third, but, you know, I lost a couple key matches and I didn't didn't make it to that point. But other than that, then uh, after that, I wrestled for USA Wrestling. I did Greco-Roman and freestyle. Uh, I missed went across, went a, was standing across the mat from a couple nationally ranked guys. You know, I, will win, I won a couple, didn't win, Bro, you lost just, a couple. You so. really just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. So I had fun, man. Wrestling was definitely uh, a big change. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, I had fun wow. doing it. I, I'm speechless, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a huge thing to leave out, man. <laughs> I mean, nobody ever asked, though. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it's part of my history, man. I, I had fun doing it. Yeah. I had to do something because I, it was during, if you weren't playing football, coach was like, you got to do something. So it was either wait till track came around. I wasn't good at basketball. So I was like, you know, wrestling was there. So you're somebody who always constantly has to be doing something. Absolutely. Coming up, man, I was always, um, just had to be active man because if i was sitting still even now i'm like that now even if i'm sitting still i don't feel right you know if i was like oh i haven't worked out five four or five times this week it just doesn't feel right so yeah. i got to put in the extra work the next week so yeah i developed that mentality again i feel like I'm, i got to stay here you know no matter how much it hurts no matter how old my body feels i got to keep going now yeah man it sounds like you're in a beautiful place man mm-hmm. and i'm I'm glad you uh came out of that that small dark period right. uh, a better human being on the other side man i'm I, i'm your biggest fan now man <laughs> I, I, that. <laughs> I, I was always that but but now even even more so man um i love you brother i love you uh, too man yeah. appreciate it i appreciate you man till next time y'all God bless y'all. Oh, uh, before we go, man, give out your social media, man, in case people want to follow you. Uh, uh, I'm only, only on Instagram. Uh, it's big, uh, big underscore B-I-G underscore wide man, W-I-D-E-M-A-N 300. So that's my Instagram tag. Go any, follow me. <laughs> any shout outs you want to do, man, people in the gym? Oh, definitely shout out to Coach Rosie, man. Uh, you know, she's definitely my friend first. You know, she's my coach, so. I appreciate her pushing me and, you know, everybody that's supporting me, everybody in my life, everybody that I love, everybody that loves me back, man. I appreciate everybody. Yeah. Rosie, next time, man, you got to come through, girl. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I appreciate y'all, man. Thanks for listening. I'll see y'all next week. Uh, God bless y'all, man. Peace.
We here at the On The Job Training Podcast want the show to be as interactive as possible. So if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, have any questions, comments, critiques, or simply want us to give you a shout out, you can hit us up on Twitter at OnTheJobPod, message us on Instagram at OnTheJobTrainingPod, or email us at OnTheJobPod at gmail.com.